the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. So Mondays are um, our days I chomp at the bit to get to the microphone. Two days of news and information, news dumps on Friday, money being stolen, and then you see the Sunday shows, and it's very aggravating. And I normally come out here on Monday, and I am ready to rip the microphone apart and defeat the seditious conspiracy that is the Democrat Mafia. Today's going to be a little bit different this opening segment and i'm going to tell you why i normally wait to talk about personal things until the end of the show but this weekend i I am particularly um sick to my stomach today and i'm going to tell you why in the beginning of the show it you know everybody now knows that i'm from melrose park melrose park when i grew up there was the best neighborhood in the world and everybody thinks that right everybody grows it but the reason that it was so special to me is that there was a camaraderie among the kids there. And you were able to have friends that looked out for you if they were older, whatever the case is. And as kids got older, a few kids had gone off and gotten jobs and become very successful, even though they were young. They were more mature. You know how it is. Kids stand out. They're individuals. And one of these kids from my neighborhood was one of the first guys to go down to the Chicago Mercantile Exchange And nobody, we didn't know any rich people in my old neighbor. I mean, we had guys who made money, but, you know, nobody knew important people. It was a blue-collar neighborhood. You know, everybody had hard jobs. And this one kid in particular went down to the Mercantile Exchange, and he was smarter than the average bear. And when we made our money in the pits, it's because we were loud and fast and we were aggressive. And this particular kid, whose nickname was Psych, he thought he was an options guy. He was a different thing and and he was the kind of guy that was in our carpool quiet he wasn't the typical Melrose Parker and um, he always would help you if you didn't understand something and we would talk about the economy and and he was a brilliant guy and he was old when he was young he just had that demeanor demeanor about him and uh, he got married young he had three kids three beautiful kids I think his daughter is the oldest, and I'm ashamed. I, 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 I think her name is Kristen. The middle son is Joey, and the, the next son is Alex. He turned 59 years old a week ago. And uh, I just got news on Sunday that he had passed away. And he had, uh, died suddenly and wasn't sick. The night before, 
he was out with some guys from Morrow's Park, and they took their wives out, and they have a little Christmas party. And it used to be very big, and when you're younger, you do it, and now it's small. It's only about seven, eight guys. And I'm in Florida, and another one of our friends is in Florida. And ironically, we went to dinner Saturday as one of my dear friends came into Florida. And we were talking about time. And, you know, part of my philosophy when I do this show, we do not have time to waste on corruption, on policies, on schemes. We do not have time to waste on fascism. And I take it very seriously because when the government or anybody steals time from you, you don't know how much time you have. It's not worth wasting. You can't do that. And to think of a guy that turned 59 years old a week ago, dying, but not just a guy. My wife's cousin lives next door to him. They live in a a suburb of Bloomingdale. And her husband works hard. He sells cars, and he works very hard. He doesn't get home until 9 o'clock at night. And I just called her before the show because you want to see how the wife is, and you don't want to call anybody. I haven't called them. He came to my cigar store two years ago. It was the last time I saw him. But being from that neighborhood, the camaraderie lasts a lifetime, even though you don't see each other on a daily basis. You rode in the car every day for three years. Whatever the case is, you're like family. It's different than normal neighborhoods. And he was the kind of guy who plowed my wife's cousin's driveway because her husband worked late. And he never said a word. And that's just the kind of guy he was. All of the friends, I'm going over the list of who he gave money to who wanted to open a restaurant, who he backed, who wanted to build houses. And what he did with his life and the fact that you just die, it goes to show you why you don't have time to waste. So for the next couple of weeks, you got some of the arguably the toughest guys on the planet who when they talk to people they grew up with, they say they love them at the end of it. And it's just something I wanted to say because I'm sick to my stomach. And uh, I'm going to change it up a little bit today. I normally spend this 15-minute segment. And uh, I'll go on about the fraud that is our government, the corruption therein. But for just this moment, call somebody you didn't talk to for a while, some tough guy you grew up with, some guy you think about, and tell him you love him because it's, it, it, it's a blink of an eye and you don't have a chance to say it. So I know it's an unusual opening segment for me on a Monday, but it's an unusual day. It's a sad day, and I want to put it behind me so we can move on because when I make these arguments, it's because we don't have time to waste on anything. 312-642-5600. I'll be back. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. Friend of mine texted me. I said his nickname. Psych. Funny story, and you never would have fit that nickname with him. His name is Mike Carcello. His wife's name was Donna, and they were, he was the best that that neighborhood produced, best guy to hang around with. And uh, I'm just thinking about all of my friends that he helped throughout the years. And it goes to show you why I, I, I attack the corrupt government so much, because not only did Syke die young, 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 he was a producer. Psych probably paid who knows how many, how much money in taxes, how much money in taxes. And this is where I politicize it. But everything is politics. Everything is politics. And when the government takes your money and it uses it to corrupt society, 
And then it has the fascistic tendencies to take away years out of a life that you don't know how long it is. It is an outrage. It is an atrocity. It is a misuse of government. And I'm thinking about all of the things that we're all dealing with, whether you have teenagers who are suffering, whether you have seniors you didn't get to see. Every citizen had three years of their lives stolen, and I want to know why, and I want to know who profited. So yes, I'm aware of the story from EcoHealth that definitely tells of the COVID pandemic. And I'm well aware of the trillions that were stolen. And I'm aggravated. And I'm disgusted. And I want to make sure that no generation has to deal with what all of us are dealing with. Three years of COVID have just had their toll upon the mental health of adolescents and college students. The isolation that formerly was kind of... um, Uh, never there because you were always with others. Under COVID, it became so pronounced that those who had issues could not convey them to others, but rather kept them within themselves. And we see, if you will, despair. Now, uh, the the, the statistics bear out the intuition. Suicide, third third leading cause of death among those 15 to 24 in 2021. Mental health emergency room visits increased 25% in children, 30% in teens in 2020. And I go back. This is more than a statistic. It is our future. So the question is, how do we care for those teens who are our future? And what you've done is you've turned a society into slaves of a government that has never told them the truth. A government that has never once told them the truth. And when it comes to the money, Let's go to one of my favorites, ironically, a Republican. We are, as they say, uh, tangled in our anchor chain. Our financial systems are decades old. According to some estimates, we cannot track $2.3 trillion in transactions. Oh, that's okay. The next day was September 11th, and the terrorist ran a plane into exactly the section of the Pentagon that was keeping the records on the money. So we'll figure that out later. Slippage. And now, what are the other ramifications of what the government has done to its people for all of this time? Welcome to this talk. Sunday, the 4th of December. Now, the definitive way to diagnose in medicine, unfortunately, is a post-mortem. We can see what's going on. And this is from a post-mortem series from Germany. Now, this is a lymphocyte aggregation. So collections of lymphocytes, these white blood cells, in the intraventricular septum, that's the bit between the right and the left ventricle, of case one with associated myocardiocyte, that's heart cell destruction. So what we're seeing here is these are the lymphocytes that shouldn't be here. And here we see the damaged heart muscle in a person that was found dead at home within 28 days of COVID uh, vaccination. There has to be answers for this, but how are we going to get answers in a society where the arguably one of the most important and leading newspapers wants to pretend that not only is the story of the president the most obvious asset of enemies to this country, both foreign and domestic, is a victim of having a laptop stolen and then information planted on it. Because that's what the New York Times said not three years ago when they were protecting this dimwit in diapers so he could usurp an office. They said this Sunday. Sunday. 
And I remember in 2020. But you, on the other hand, sent your son over there to get a job and work for a gas company that he had no experience with gas or nothing in order to get access for the for the president. So you're you're selling access to the president just like he was. So you got the damn liar, man. That's not true. And no one has ever said that. No one has ever said that. Everyone said it. Thousands knew it. Joe Biden is an asset of enemies, foreign and domestic. And this traitor at any time can shut down this country again and mandate things again. You talk about with Congress considering uh, repealing the COVID vaccine mandate for service members in the NDAA. Uh, John Kirby spoke earlier about the president's position, Secretary Austin's position of wanting, obviously, to keep it. So what is the White House prepared to do for that aspect of it? And is the president personally engaging with lawmakers on this? So, look, when when the president met with the big four uh, just last week, as you all know, um, as you know, Leader McCarthy raised eliminating the requirement that service members be vaccinated against uh, COVID-19. So clearly they had a conversation, as you asked me about. Let me explain something. This is America. There are no mandates except freedom. There are no dictates. And this corrupt crew of gypsies and pirates called politicians answer to me. You don't mandate Jack. And I want to know where the money is. And I want to know about Eco Health Alliance. And I want to know who was bribed. I want to know everything. And I want to know now. And in the meantime, you take this two-bit whore in diapers and throw this son of a dog on his ass. You see it on the TV. No, I know you do. By the way, that's why I'm not sedentary. I don't like it up and... and, Let him go. Let him go. Look, the reason I'm running is because I've been around a long time and I know more than most people know. You're running because you've been bribed by the enemies to backdoor cripple this country so it doesn't even resemble itself. And that's what you've achieved, you wrinkled ass old whore. Terry Dyer, Indiana. Hey, Charlie. Uh, first of all, sorry to hear about your buddy. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, he was uh, helped everybody. Was, yeah, horrible. But so, I'm 43 years old, okay? So, we went to uh, a lawyer a couple months ago, and I said, well, I want to get a woman. And I told him, I said, you know, kind of young or whatnot. And he goes, no, he said, he said, uh, you wouldn't believe I'm doing more states for people in between the 50 and 60 year old range than I've ever done in my life in the past two years. Yeah. And do you want to know why it's so important? Because the very government that you've enriched, should you die without your affairs in order, they steal the money of the dead. They yeah. steal it. Because this yeah. is what fuels this scheme. This Ponzi scheme, this extortion racket. And what program of theirs suffers as they take the money out of the producer's pocket to give it to who exactly? I'm yeah, sick so and tired I'm not, of it. I'm not here to promote a lawyer or anybody. I'm just saying anybody listening, if you've got a will made, go get one made because if you don't, you will put your family through hell. Yeah. Court to be put through hell anyway because they lose the the money makers and now the government mounts up with their new IRS agents to comb over tax returns the dead person filed for 10 years. Thank you very much, Terry. Gangster government. 
run by gangsters. At least when I was a kid, they were men, not these butter-handed pansies. Cream Puff Jim, you kissed a lot of those gangsters' asses. Hey, shit. Yeah. You know, it reminds me, I had a, gr- a great friend, and he used to call it Melrose. Yeah, maybe. He was a terrific friend. Yeah. There were good and guys he, back then, he, Jim, because even if they were Democrats, they weren't scumbags. They weren't. But anyway, I'm sorry about the, the guy that you knew. Thank you, Jim. But I, I just wanted to mention, uh, you think that Elon Musk is the biggest publicity hound in the history? I'm loving the show, publicity hounds? I'm loving the show. And you know what else <laughs> I love? I'm going right, to tell, tell you another thing. They forced him to buy that prop. They forced him to buy that. He wasn't going to buy it. And they forced him. He went to court to fight it. And the the court said, no, 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 you're going to buy it. So he overpays. Now, there's two things you could do when you overpay. You could take it on the chin or you could make the company more valuable so it works out to be a deal. This is what he's doing. And you mark my words, kid. One day you'll be paying for things with your Twitter app. Thank you very much. Elon's not going to lose that. Craig, I'm on Greenwood. Hey, Sean. Thank you for taking my call and... uh what are, you, what are you talking to, got, to me through a my pillow? What are you doing? Wait a minute. Is it working better now? Yeah. I well, took it off speaker. You've got to put your mouth next to that speaker part. Go ahead. Yeah. Hey, uh, sorry for your loss and everything like that. Uh, that's a tough one, especially a young guy. Yeah. Okay. Just turned 59. Now, it's, uh, all these things going on, like with, uh, with Twitter, with uh, Twitter has uh, been involved with, with all the shenanigans. Zuckerberg was doing the same thing with Facebook. They cover all these crimes. They do all these things. And they've changed the country. They've changed history. They've changed everything with all the stuff that they're doing. And it's serious business when you have three-letter agencies and the media all in cahoots on one side going against going against the conservatives, going against justice. Somebody needs to go to jail with that stuff because they changed history. We were. I was having this conversation, ironically, with another Mauro's Parker. A little while ago, an older man who I grew up with my mother, who I loved to death. And uh, when the people who are enforcing the laws are corrupted, you live in a banana republic. And that section of our society is above the law. And that is why let them hang Nancy Pelosi and her stinky hammer husband are worth half a billion dollars and they're celebrities as he went out with his fedora and one glove on, like Michael Jackson. Did you see that freak? In the meantime, who steps in place? Somebody who's even more wretched and more rotten. Seems to me that there's a cloud of illegitimacy that continues to hang over 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. And that pa- now you'd think Hakeem Jeffries was talking today, wouldn't you? He wasn't. Patriotic Americans have a responsibility to try to figure out what the heck happened in terms of the malignant tumor that seemed to have been embedded in that 2016 campaign. Oh, God. What did the president know? Regular order. When did he know it? Regular order. And how do we prevent this type of malignant activity from happening again? You're a malignant activity. And what we do know is what's in 1600 Pennsylvania right now. An asset, Hakeem, of enemies, foreign and domestic. 
Now the Sox business exclusive. Hunter Biden and a former Biden aide invested in two Chinese companies with ties to the top levels of the Chinese Communist Party and its military. Emails show that as recent as 2017, Hunter's private equity firm held a 5% stake in Harv's amusement parks. An interest in Harv's... You You know, it's a renaissance, man, squirrel. Oil companies, amusement parks, financial investments. What we know to be over 87, as high as 117 LLCs, his name appears on, all in Delaware. That's my favorite part. The entire fracking state is a tax shill. The whole damn thing. It's like Switzerland of America. And this is what sits in the office. Hakeem. So I wonder what you're going to do. You're going to investigate it? No, I don't think you are. Because you're not offended by it. You just want in on it, don't you, stupid? So in the meantime, they're going to tout this imbecile as their new savior. But you, you did say that history will never accept Donald Trump as a legitimate president, and, and the Republicans are making quite a big issue out of that. What is your response? Well, here's the Republican playbook. Facts don't matter. Hypocrisy is not Wrong. a constraint to their behavior. And in Wrong. many cases, they believe that shamelessness is a superpower. No, no, no. I just know what you are. We got tape now. Hakeem. It's not like when your boss was stealing money. When they used to have the wire guys. Everything's on tape now, dummy. Should we expect the attorney general and the special counsel to face questioning in front of your committee, in front of the television cameras? Well, I think that certainly is a possibility. But let's uh, take the first step in terms of the full disclosure of the report and the underlying documentation. The American people deserve to know whether Donald Trump is either A, a legitimate president, B, a Russian asset, C, the functional equivalent of an organized crime boss, or D, just a useful idiot who happens to have been victimized by the greatest collection of coincidences in the history of the republic. Congressman. Now replace Donald Trump with dimwit in diapers, Joe glazed face Biden, and then turn yourself in, scumbag. 312-642-5600. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. The problem is the Democrat mafia philosophy of seditious conspiracy is trying to nationalize the gerrymandering cheating that Illinois has been subjected to, that New York was subjected to, that Philly and so many other Democrat strongholds are subjected to. They know how to steal. We turn now to former Attorney General Eric Holder. He now heads up the National Democratic Redistricting Committee, and he has a book, Our Unfinished March, which examines the current state of America's democracy. Welcome back to the program. It's good to see you, Margaret. I have a number of things I want to get to with you, but um, I want to start on something I know is immediate this week. Um, An organization that you run that we mentioned here that focuses on redistricting is involved in a Supreme Court case, um, Moore versus Harper. It's going to be heard on the 7th of this week. Do you know what this is about, Squirrel? This is about nationalizing the way districts are drawn, circumventing the state legislature the way that the states are supposed to handle elections, in essence, nullifying the Constitution so that they can nationalize voter fraud like they do in these Democrat sewer hellholes that got the beanbag trust fund baby elected you call governor. 
And it boils down, as I understand it, to the question of what the Constitution means when it assigns state legislatures the task of regulating elections. That sounds. It doesn't assign. The, the Constitution doesn't assign it. It's not assigning it. That's the law. So that in the case of a federal government being backdoor corrupted and taken over by the ideology of a mafia and run by a dimwit in diapers with a touch of dementia, that corruption doesn't spread throughout the country. So there still can be honest states rather than sewers like Illinois, like New York, New Jersey, California. See, because what we understand is you know how to fraud the vote. With your dead people voting, your same-day registration, your mail-in ballots, your voting harvesting, the way you got this dimwit in office. You know the way, Eric, you moron. How's that guns for, uh, what was that thing, Fast and Furious? How'd that work out for you, stupid? Really wonky, but you phrased it as the future of democracy being at stake. What are you worried is actually going to happen here? Yeah, this case is all about... I know what he's worried about. He's worried that states like Florida will have elections in the future like they had in the past. And Democrats will be recognized for the organized syndicate they are. And now, even if you are a Democrat in this area, you don't even mention it because you don't want to be ridiculed and pointed out that you're either stupid or in on the mafia. Something called the Independent State Legislature Doctrine. It's a, it's a fringe theory that North Carolina Republicans are trying to use to make sure that the North Carolina Republican legislature has the sole responsibility of doing redistricting in the state and excluding. Because they're the state. I know you talk real fast with your porn mustache covering up your lip. But they're the state legislature, scum, bag from that determination, uh, the state court system. It is something that, if the Supreme Court goes along with it, would really upend our system of checks and balances. And it's You know, I don't know if it's because he's a slip-and-fall lawyer, because he's a Democrat mafia don, but the fact that he can actually spit this out in such a hurry should tell everyone what a con job it is. This is whether the states will be in charge of their elections or a corrupt Democrat mafia that has bastardized the idea of a representative republic in Washington can spread its corruption to those states with just a few people in it with enough dignity to want to be Americans rather than corrupt Democrat mafia members. For that reason that I am extremely concerned. It is a fringe theory. This is something that if the court, I think, does the right thing, you should have a nine to zero uh, opinion by the court that rejects this notion of this independent state legislature doctrine that has been rejected. It is it is to nullify federalism. What he wants to do is take away the state's authority over itself so that you can turn everything into that sewer of corruption, Chicago. Eduardo Midway. Yeah, Sean. Um, me and uh, Jeannie were having a good time uh, yesterday uh, talking about this whistleblower U.S. scientist, Dr. Andrew Hoff, Eco Heart Alliance. Uh, his boss is good friends with Dr. Fauci. Seven grants since, two, since uh, 2020, funneled through the Wuhan lab. Seven eight miles to the market. Wait, seven what? So, Say that again. Six or seven grants. Oh, grants. Equal, yeah, they got, yeah, equal got uh, six grants, six, seven grants uh, from the National Health Institute, and they got that sent over to Wuhan Lab. Of course. And, you know, this is something I always talk about. In 2009, late November, 2009, 
Pfizer opens up a multi-million dollar research and development lab in Wuhan? Who benefited? Who benefited from COVID? Pfizer and the government. Government has never been more powerful. The idea that 20 years ago, 10 years ago, 7 years ago, you could even say out loud the kind of power the government has not only exhibited, but abused since COVID broke out. You would, have, you would have never won an office. You'd have been thrown out of a bar if you mentioned it. Now it's normal. Shut down society, steal three years from each and every citizen, and nobody wants to know about this kind of stuff? This is all I want to know about. And I want to get the scum that orchestrated this conspiracy to backdoor Soviet my country, and I want to hang them from light poles by their feet. Because this was an overthrow of liberty, an overthrow of freedom, and an overthrow of America. And it was done from inside. Enemies, foreign and domestic, the same ones that own that dimwit in diapers, the dementia patient referred to as Biden. 312-642-5600. I was listening to the Sean Thompson show. I am saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just... Disgusting, sexist pig, and an absolute disgrace. Thank you. AM 560. The answer. The audacity, the open and notorious audacity of fascism is something we only really read about in other countries as we see it here openly. Not to mention the corruption. Why isn't anyone asking about the origins anymore? I mean, are there still people dumb enough to believe that it kissed a bat and jumped on a dolphin? And Come on. Is there anybody that believes this wasn't orchestrated? After all, how in the world could this government be so corrupted? This is exactly what it needed when it needed it. Talking to members, uh, the president told him that he would consider it, uh, but also made clear that he wanted to consult with the Pentagon. And uh, since then, as we've all heard... Pentagon. This, this Pentagon. Isn't that where Rumsfeld was speaking from? We are, as they say, uh, tangled in our anchor chain. Our financial systems are decades old. According to some estimates, we cannot track $2.3 trillion in transactions. We cannot share information from floor to floor in this building because it's stored on dozens of different... That's the perfect way to hide a lie. And then if you get caught, you make sure a plane hits the specific office you were holding all the paperwork. I don't know. Write it off. David in Lansing. Uh, Hey, Sean. You briefly mentioned uh, Twitter, I think. I'm not sure. Um... (laughs) Well, are you listening to my show or are you doing one in your head? What do you like to do? Um, both. All right. Anyway, um, yeah. what is your opinion on Elon Musk? Because I'm starting not to trust him. I think he has you fantastic know, hair plugs. I remember when he was bald as a cucumber. And now he's got hair like Fabio. It's wonderful. I'd like to know where he got it done in case, you know, I'm starting to get a little thin. That makes him suspicious in your eyes? I don't think he's suspicious. I don't care one way or another. Elon Musk means nothing to me, except right now he is an advocate for what appears to be freedom. And he now owns a company that conspired with the mafia to have elected an asset of enemies, foreign and domestic, that some call president. 
So he's got the, the, the info. He's got all the direct messages between all the FBI agents who downloaded Twitter on their phone, between all the DOJ, between all government officials, even some lobbyists. What he has in his hand can bring down the mafia. So right now, I love him. Okay. He did censor Yay a couple of days ago. Now, I think he I don't might give a have rip. Yay's a moron. Yay should be thrown right. out of a moving car. What the hell do I care about that idiot? But now, should, that he being be said, should he be censored? I don't know. Right. I don't know. He seems right. to be having some sort of a mental breakdown when you appear with a yeah. nylon on your head and you're not robbing a mobile gas station in 1965. <laughs> so I really don't give a right. rip. Maybe he's helping Ye save himself from himself. And you'd know if right, he had Kim's right. nylons on his head because it would have fell off his body. She's got a big fat I'm ass. about the, the free speech aspect of it, you know. Yeah, don't it. get caught up. Don't get caught up in the distraction. The free speech aspect has nothing to do why myself and 38,000 people were kicked off Twitter. That has to do with the cover-up between the crack-smoking son of a then-candidate, now-president, being a bagman for his father and for the policies and for billions and trillions of dollars. That's what it has to do with. Convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to press conference. Said, "No, nah. I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." Some real gangster stuff with the people's money, huh? That's what the Democrat mafia likes. They think they're in on it. They're too stupid to know they're just the useful idiots Hakeem Jeffries accuses Republicans of being. In the meantime, I know why they had to get Trump out. Why are we the only ones that give the big money to the Ukraine? We give money to Ukraine, and it's bothered me from day one. And you have plenty of people. He must not know who Igor Kolomoisky is. He must not know. See, he is the liaison of government corruption, an oligarch. That makes Putin look like a choir boy. And that's who runs the government. That's who backs all the presidents. That's who employs the Nazis, Azovs, and the tornadoes. And that's where our missing $20 billion is. Book it. I'd bet everything I own. That's the connection. That's why you had to get them out. Now, the game is right back to where they need it. Right back to where they want it. The wife of a Ukrainian politician has been caught allegedly smuggling $28 million and 1.3 million euros in cash. A lot of politicians, a lot of politicians, a lot of wives, a lot of missing money. It's one giant fraud. And it starts with that dementia patient with the glazed look on his face like he was a donut. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. 
And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. fun to be the um, generation I am. I caught the best of America, and I'm in the middle of the decline. But I remember my old relatives listening to radio and talking about shows and Elliot Ness and all the rest of it. The most popular show in, I believe it's 1950, 49, was I Was a Communist for the FBI. The hero's name was, I believe, Frank Lovejoy. And Frank had infiltrated the Communist Party in America for the FBI and acted as an informant, assuring that communism would never take over in this country. The FBI used to be something that had a mystique of integrity. It's fair to say that doesn't exist anymore. Not if you can read. My next guest wants to bring back a little dignity because he worked there when there was dignity. His name is Tom Baker. His new book The Fall of the FBI, How the Once Great Agency Became a Threat to Democracy. Thank you so much for joining me, Tom. How are you? I'm very fine. Thank you for having me. You know, I'm from an old Italian neighborhood outside of uh, the city of Chicago. We used to call the FBI forever bothering Italians, and you never wanted to talk to them. So this is a first for me. In the meantime, I'm proud to do so because you were there when it represented an agency with integrity that tried to protect the public from corruption. Instead of the opposite, which is how I feel about it now. Am I the only one? You're not the only one. And it's something that's great concern to uh, uh, We have a terrible connection. Um, honey Bunny, can you have an... Tom... We're having, a, we're having a glitchy connection here, and I really want to get it right because it's important that we have you on. So we will, uh, we will effort to get Tom's connection a little better. In the meantime, you do remember when the FBI stood for integrity. You do remember when you walked around with that certain cockiness, that certain arrogance as an American, knowing that the kind of organized crime couldn't take over the, the, the world, let alone uh, America. How are you, Tom? You there? I'm here. I'm with you, Sean. Much better, much better. So I think this is crucially important because I have to tell you, I hold them in contempt at this point, and I'll tell you another reason. As what we saw happen, you started to see FBI agents like Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. It was undeniable what they were doing. Their text messages revealed it was something to be in awe of. Yet instead of punishment, these people got big contracts with news organizations. That's something that troubles me. Well, it troubles me, too, and it, it, it's, it's kind of annoying. They, they're all making money off their, if their books, which are full of uh, lies and deceit. Your job as the FBI, in essence... My book, by the way, is, is, is a response to the, to, to the fiction in their books. And the, it's important to have an FBI that is beyond reproach, that has integrity, because the old fable of who watches the watchers, well, the answer used to be the FBI does. And, you know, when you're from Chicago, it's hard to feel that way. 
because the FBI office in Chicago is a quarter mile from Mike Madigan's campaign headquarters. Well, that's uh, some symbolic as well. Are you are you, are you optimistic that um, your book will shine a light on exactly how used to the corruption in the Federal Bureau of Investigation the people have gotten? Uh, I hope I hope so, but I can't be overly optimistic. We have to be realistic. But there are people listening, and there are people who have. have responded to some of the things I've said. The, the, key, the, the key is the change in culture in the FBI. You, you mentioned the names of, of some uh, miscredents, troublemakers, malefactors. Uh, the, the reality is they keep showing those people the door, but they, they are not stopping or to, to look at the underlying cultural problem, why that comes about. And, and how did it get so infiltrated with kind of this acceptance of political corruption? That's the only way you could phrase it. You know, Tom, I was lucky enough to interview um, John Paul Mac Isaac, who was the computer... Uh, the, the computer man, worker that was, that was in possession of the Hunter Biden laptop. Three years ago, he turns it over to the FBI. And it was funny because he had said, I, I wanted to help my government. His father was a 31-year colonel in the Air Force. His uncle, a colonel in the Air Force. When he turned it over to the FBI, he thought he would be recognized as somebody who was saving the country from a corrupt politician. Instead, the FBI worked to obstruct the process of, 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 of releasing the evidence in that laptop. What conclusion can, can you come to that isn't the entire FBI needs to be purged and anybody who was affiliated with that needs to be brought up on charges of conspiracy? Well, what happened, one of the people who was identified in, in burying that, that investigation, uh, an ASAC, which we assistant agent in charge in the Washington field of, he, he's been let go out the door. And every time these things happen, they, they tell you the, the bad apples are gone. Uh, I, I believe that the problem started with a cultural change in the Bureau, which, which happened under Robert Mueller. And, and, and is that something, as you see... I agree, by the way. It's obvious. It's undeniable. But as you see the culture change happening in real time in the Department of Justice, you know, we're from Chicago. We know what the politicians are accustomed to and how they operate. You have to remember, even when they accidentally are, are, are caught, the process in bringing them to justice is beyond a slow pace. It's a manipulated pace. And you come to find out in, in, in Chicago, we have aldermen that are under indictment, two very big names, Madigan and Ed Burke. And you find out that sitting Cook County judges are on investment vehicles with Ed Burke. And you see the slow walking, and then you realize that Ed Burke's wife is a Supreme Court justice in Illinois. But when you look at the federal level, you have Merrick Garland, who is a part of that Chicago Democrat. I call it a mafia because I can think of no other representation of a mafia than the Democrat Party in Chicago. And you see him openly intimidating 
parents that want to fight up against curriculums that they disagree with. And the government is now designating Americans that speak truth to power as domestic terrorists. Shouldn't we be afraid of the new existing FBI if they're only going to give us one sacrificial lamb and pretend that this wasn't a a conspiracy that included tens, if not hundreds of agents? We should, we should be we should be afraid, and that's where the subtitle of my book is how a, a once great agency has become a threat to democracy. Uh, uh, for a long time, uh, when I had to go out and speak to groups, and, and others did too as well, I always pointed out that the United States was blessed to have as its domestic security agency a law enforcement organization because a law enforcement organ operates through certain guide guidelines, guide rules, which a, a pure intelligence agency does not. And who changed this whole thing? It's sadly, and it's very sad, right after September 11th, yeah. Judge Robert... Excuse me, he was not a judge. No problem. Robert Mueller mm-hmm. had been the director only for about four days when the attack happened. I didn't President know. George W. Bush called him, summoned him on the following Saturday morning to a retreat at the presidential retreat in, in Camp David in the woods of Maryland. Mueller went there, and he had in, in his, under his arm the result of the FBI investigation of the September 11th attack. Now, the Bureau there did what it does best, investigate. And in that, only those three and a half days between Tuesday when the attack happened and that Saturday morning, the, the Bureau had discovered the identities of all 19 hijackers, their associations, their financing, their credit cards, their rental cards, their connections back to Al-Qaeda. He presented this report expecting praise from President George W. Bush. Instead, the president turned to him and said, I don't care about that. I want to know how you're going to prevent the next one. Mueller was humiliated. He set out, and he told us this, he's told us this on several occasions. He set out then to make the FBI into an intelligence agency to change the culture. And he used that word culture. And unfortunately, that had a lot of unintended consequences. It also feels to me as it's very politicized. I uh... Well, that's, that's part of it. That's part of it. Uh, uh, an intelligence agency always tries to please its, its political masters. And they can bend the truth because their whole modus operandi is deceit and deception. As opposed to, in a law enforcement agency, you you deal in facts. And your whole life and, and work day, consciously or unconsciously, is directed towards the moment when you have to stand before a judge or a jury or a grand jurist, and raise your right hand and swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Totally different culture. 
You know, and I'm also thinking about how do you get it back? How do you bring integrity back? There has to be new parameters. There has to be new barriers. There has to be a litmus test because I'm uncomfortable with the idea that we're just supposed to accept we have our version of a KGB now, whether they're called a CIA or an FBI. But one thing is for certain, they are protecting the government and its corruption, and they are making no bones about it. They are willing to go after and persecute their ideological opposition. This has turned into an Eastern Bloc agency the way that I see it. And I I see it that way because I am not a government supremacist. When it seems to me the government that has never told me the truth insists I continue to believe it, and if I talk back, they guarantee persecution. How else am I supposed to feel about these agencies and these bureaucracies? Well, uh, unfortunately, as I said to you, we used to be blessed to have a law enforcement agency as a domestic intelligence service. Unlike almost every other country in, in the world, and even the democratic countries, but instead, I think we're now cursed, cursed to have a domestic intelligence service that has police power. So, in essence, we should ask the new Congress to reevaluate the mission of the FBI. Yes, and the, the Congress has a role to play, absolutely. But the FBI managed Director Ray or his successor can change the culture. There's textbooks written about how you change culture in corporate environment. The first thing you do, you recognize the problem, which I don't think has happened. You, you, you look at your exam and your mission statements, and then you have to do a lot of little things and big things consistently. You know, I, I, I am reflecting on Director Ray's call before Congress. When he made it seem as if there was official business, he called the congressional hearing short, and he left and jumped on a Gulfstream jet and joined his family uh, on a vacation in the Adirondack. Did you see that testimony by any chance? Uh, the whole, that whole episode was inexplicable. At that point, you start to realize the servant is the master. And as I see the contempt on Ray's face, I'm, I, it's irrelevant to me who appointed him. One thing is for certain, these bureaucrats have become gods among men. And when they're not willing to answer questions by the representation of the people in a republic, what is the republic to do? Well, there's, there's a number of things Congress can do. And, and at the end of my book, I lay out a bit of this. Congress has definitely a role. Uh, and one thing, one abuse that came out in, in the Russian collusion things was the use of FISA, uh, that, that is to say the Foreign Intelligence and Surveillance Act, oh. against U.S. persons. That, that act was designed exclusively and specifically to gather intelligence on foreign agents registering, residing in this country. And that's why the FBI administers it. It was never designed to be used against U.S. citizens. If, in the past, if a U.S. citizen was suspected of espionage uh, or, or terrorism or anything related to that, 
there was the correct roles to go after them under the criminal laws, the Espionage Act being a, a criminal law. So before it was harder to, to, to do this against American citizens, but I remember, Tom, and I, I know you do as well, the call by some people on the uh, Patriot Act and what it would do to privacy rights. And as I'm reflecting on all of the way that things have changed since you retired to now, it boils down to ultimately the decisions that were made by a Republican-led White House, a Republican-led Congress, and a Republican-led Senate. In essence, we have the Republicans of the early 2000s to thank for the kind of corruption we're dealing with in the year 2022, correct? Two of the people are Mueller and Comey. As, as I point out in my book, The Fall of the FBI. So now that you've talked to a guy from Melrose Park, talking to an FBI agent, I notice there's not two of you, so no one can arrest me for lying. Would you say this was a good experience, and have you signed the book for me? Oh, I'll gladly sign a book for you, or I'll, if, if offline your assistant can give me your address and I can send you a book plate signed. Oh, absolutely. We're going to do that. In the meantime, I have to say, you're my first FBI agent I talked to voluntarily. Tom Baker, I am dying to read the book. Cannot wait. The new book is The Fall of the FBI, How Once Great Agency Became a Threat to Democracy. I'm assuming we can get it on Amazon and all the usual places, or do we have to go to, to a special address? No, it's available right now on Amazon. And beginning tomorrow, December 6th, it should be in all the bookstores, such as the Barnes & Noble and similar. I wish you the best of luck, and I thank you for writing the book. It's important that uh, people can hear from honest FBI agents when we feel so many are not. Thank you very much, Tom Baker. I truly appreciate it. Honey Bunny is going to give you Sean. that information. Thank you for your time. Thank you. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Good song. Oh, exactly what I needed. I'm not going to waste a minute on Georgia. Not a minute. And the reason is Arizona certified Katie Hobbs as the governor. I don't have a lot of faith in the uh, election integrity where Democrat roaches are. And I know he's a Republican. and It doesn't matter to me. They had enough time to phony the vote, register the same address, raise the dead, uh, hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. After all, we have bureaucracies that have been infiltrated by the Democrat mafia. Director Ray, let me start with you if I could. I think the last time that I got to visit with you was... Back in August, August 4th of this year, you were at the Senate Judiciary Committee. You remember that, I assume. We had to cut that hearing short. We were supposed to do two rounds of questions. You said you had to be somewhere, so we cut it short. Republicans were not able to ask a second round as we had been informed we would. The press reported shortly thereafter that the reason that the hearing had to be cut short is because you were flying on a Gulfstream jet for a personal vacation in the Adirondacks. Please tell me wow. that's not true. Senator, the hearing was cut short, was not cut short from my experience. We had agreed beforehand on the time and and uh, and length of it. And my I was very surprised to find that the any mountain committee was surprised. Uh, as to how I uh, fly, I am required not only uh, permitted, I mean, do you but- think when he left the meeting that he got in the 
limousine on his way to the golf stream and said, I, that went okay. I don't think anyone's going to mind that. Or are there people that cannot see what this is? That this is a form of a banana republic. That what sits in the offices aren't people who feel they have to answer to us. They're people that feel they rule over us. Is there any circumstance in the world in which President Trump could dodge the subpoena? No, uh, he's going to need to comply with the subpoena. If you are subpoenaed by Republicans when they take over, will you comply? Um, You know, we'll have to consider the validity of the subpoena. It's amazing. So when you see the story that the New York Times, the Nazi deniers that they are, are going to deny the authenticity of absolute prima facie evidence the sitting president of the United States is compromised. He is an asset of enemies, foreign and domestic. They're just going to rush past it. Let's certify the election of Katie Hobbs. Sure, she's the governor. Sure she is. I wonder how many people like my friend are flying to Arizona to sell property. Because that's where the future's going. There's no way you could sit by and tolerate this kind of open and notorious corruption that is the Democrat mafia. The reason I asked is just because the president had said previously that he hadn't had a lot of time to get to the border. He's going to a border state tomorrow, so you think maybe there would be time there. Um, if there isn't tomorrow, can you say at this point that he... What I'm saying is tomorrow he's going to uh, actually focus on an issue, a bipartisan issue that was voted in Congress, the Chips and Science Act, something that is going to deliver for the people people in Arizona, uh, creating jobs and making people's lives better and making sure that we are... The Chips and Science Act. Did you know in Europe what it's called, Squirrel? It's just called the Chips Act. Did you know in Europe it's celebrated at the World Economic Forum? The Chips Act. Not just because it's a money laundering scheme, but in Europe, they're used to fascism. They're used to dictators. They're used to taking their marching orders from the government. Here's a little something that happened at the same time they passed the Chips Act in the World Economic Forum as they were in Europe. Can you imagine that in 10 years when we are sitting here, we have an implant in our uh, brains? That is not the James Bond movie coming out in this spring. That is Klaus Schwab, the James Bond villain, as he wants to put chips in your brain. Jawohl. And um, I can immediately feel, because you all will have implants, I can and we measure your, your brain waves. And I can immediately tell you how the people react, or I can feel uh, how the people react um, to your answers. Uh, you can uh, immediately know how I feel right now. You know how I feel right now? I feel like you're a Nazi. You know his, his money? You know where the money of the Schwab family comes from? Weapons manufacturing during World War II. Yeah. His dad made flamethrowers for the Nazis. I'm sure he's got nothing but good ideas. In the meantime, what is it going to look like as we go to two more years? Two more years! Can we sustain? Do you think the Steele dossier included Russian disinformation? Uh, Senator, um, uh, that's not a question that I'm equipped to to answer. uh, It was in the public news. This is Mayorkas. Mayorkas is the one Cuban. Strange enough that he's bald. However, he's still a fascist communist pig. I could have just said Democrat. It's all the same thing. It was a, you may have heard of it, the Mueller investigation. It was a $32 million investigation that went over a couple of years. Uh, Horowitz was an investigator general, and he looked at the FBI's activity in the beginning of this. And what the FBI concluded was that there were FBI agents throughout this period of time who concluded 
that, yes, the dossier was full of Russian disinformation. So let's say it is Russian disinformation. You say your new disinformation governance board is going to help the public with disinformation. You claim it's not going to be about domestic. It's going to be about foreigners and those evil Russians. So here's my question. The FBI concludes that the Steele dossier was full of Russian disinformation. CNN propagated this disinformation gladly for years and years. The difference, I guess, between your opinion and our opinion is that as despicable as it is that CNN propagated this disinformation, I I wouldn't shut them down. I wouldn't lecture them. I wouldn't put it on a government website that CNN's wrong for propagating disinformation. The problem you have is you're not even willing to admit. I mean, we can't even have an agreement on what the FBI said was disinformation. How do you? And isn't that the problem? What is the objective truth? What is the objective truth? And the problem is you realize you have government that cannot tell you what the objective policies are, what the objective agenda is of America. It's not about the citizens being in control of the government. It's about the government being in control of the citizens. The problem with that is there is no government. There's only people with jobs that occupy it. And the people are scoundrels. The people are wretched. The first chart here shows a bank record showing a $1 million wire transfer into the account of Hudson West 3 from CEFC Limited on November 2nd, 2017. The Senator Grassley and I have already established CEFC is effectively an arm of the communist Chinese regime. It is also important to note that at the time of this transfer, in November 2017, Hunter Biden was already invested in and providing management for Hudson West 3. So a company that was effectively an arm of the Chinese government transferred $1 million in November 2017 to a company that Hunter Biden is managing and is invested in. Ding, 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 ding. But in Illinois, like Washington, D.C., it's run by Democrats. Illinois at least has Chinese Democrats named Wang. The Illinois House Democrat has filed a proposal that would prohibit people from using alleged false or misleading statements to affect the outcomes of political campaigns. Do you know who she'd charge? She would charge Ron Johnson. She would charge Rand Paul. She would charge the computer owner who had the prima facie evidence of corruption of Joe Diapers Biden. That's who she would charge. And the reason is she's a government supremacist, a fascist, a communist. GEM Capitol Bureau Chief Mike Militich is live in Springfield tonight with the latest on this. Hello, Mike. Daniel McKenzie, the evening. Representative Denise Stoneback says people are exhausted from the misinformation and divisiveness they've seen in Stonebeck. recent elections. She hopes to combat misleading statements and mudslinging by updating the prohibitions and penalties article of the state's election code. You know what we need? An information bureau. Propaganda czar. The Democrats' proposal for the future. Propose that you're going to have an office of disinformation governance if you see the problem in even determining what is disinformation. Oh, Senator, because um, our work is not um, focused on disinformation writ large. Where we, the Department of Homeland Security, become involved is when there's... Department of Homeland Security. You know, Squirrel, you don't remember, but I do. On America, where a title like that wouldn't even be tolerated, let alone an agency led by a bald fascist pig. 
the connectivity between disinformation and threats to the security of the homeland. Let me well, that's what the Russians might be considered that. You mentioned the Russians the other day when you tried to pivot away from this being about censorship. But let's say it is the Russians. I know you're not going to ever agree that the Steele dossier, which y'all spent so much money on, was disinformation. But it was, and the FBI concluded. But let's just say there's an imaginary disinformation. You've discovered tomorrow Russian disinformation that's going to hurt our national security. And CNN's broadcasting it. What are you going to do? Senator, let me... You're going to tell Putin... You shouldn't do this. You're going to go to war and you're going to fund the oligarchs that have bribed the sitting president. And then they're going to steal our money. The wife of a Ukrainian politician has been caught allegedly smuggling $28 million and 1.3 million euros in cash. What about the wives that got away with it, Squirrel? You know, I remember a time when the Ukraine was the Soviet Union. Now, only the upper echelon of Ukraine is led by Soviet Union oligarchs. 312-642-5600. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Nice song. Oh, you're doing all the 80s, not yet? You weren't even conceived then, were you? That's a shame you missed. It. So who do I got on the line? Oh, I got a, I got two number Trumpers, and the FBI was right. So I got three morons on the line. All right, we're not going to take the calls unless we get new calls. In the meantime, let's do what uh, what we can do and expose and litigate against the most obvious corrupt mafia to run this country ever in its history. And that's saying something. We've had some bad presidents. Bad. We've had some corrupt presidents, but we never had an, an overall acceptance of it all. And that's the part that really gets me. Uh, decisions were made to, to censor reporting leading up to the election. My question was, is it the White House view that these decisions were made appropriately in light of what has come out? Which decisions? By whom? By Twitter. By Twitter on... Okay. So, look... <laughs> We see this as a, a, an interesting or a coincidence, if I may, that uh, uh, that he would so haphazardly, uh, Twitter would so haphazardly push this distraction. Notice that's, that's what they call a Freudian slip squirrel. He, instead of Twitter. The very he that the government forced the purchase of Twitter. Now they're not so happy. They're not so happy with that sale. Uh, that is a that is a full of uh, old news. If you think about it, uh, old news. Well, I guess it is when you think about the fact that the Federal Bureau of Investigation, or incompetence as its new name should be, sat on the evidence that a criminal was running for president. I guess it is old news. And uh, at the same time, Twitter is facing very real and very serious questions uh, about the rising volume of anger, hate, and anti-Semitism on their platform. Not to mention the pending audits Elon Musk will go through with the new Gestapo IRS agents. I hope they make them wear Hugo Boss, because if they look like the rest of the government workers slobs, they're going to need an entirely new outfit. Dave in Libertyville. Hey, Sean, how are you? Good, Dave, how are you? Thanks for keeping me here. No, anytime. And you went to the front of the line. <laughs> the two never-Trumpers and the moron who thinks the FBI is, still has some bit of integrity, they'll sit on there forever. But go ahead. You know, I just, like I was telling Hunter Barney, just felt like 
We're the NSA is jamming our lines too. Can you hear me? I no, I I got off speaker. Oh, all right. Um, it just seems like the harder we fight, the more ground we lose. No, I we're not. We're not. Believe me, we're no. not. Because the kids that are going to realize what's happening are the kids that are squirrel hands age. They're the young people that are going to be victims of this. They're not going to tolerate that. The help is, we had a call the other day, I think it was Friday. We had a young kid call the show. He's 22 years old. He's like we were. He wants the America to be proud of. He doesn't want to be on the mafia. I said before, this show is not for everybody because it's for the one-third that makes it go around, not the barnacle. I have that new girl. There's a new program in Chicago. There's more money to, to turn a blind eye to the corruption that is government. There's more welfare growth. There's more government spending. It doesn't matter. That doesn't work. When it fails, we win in the end because ultimately the answer of the right of the right answer can only be denied for so long, and they're going to well, bump up daughter, against the ceiling. They're going to take more debt. You're going to see people are going to wake up. Kids are going to wake up. My daughter's thirty years old. She works her ass off, and she knows people that are her age that want to be paid six figures, and they just got out of college. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So she, but here's the thing: that's that's one episode. But is your daughter in with the communist manifesto? Is she celebrating the Democrat Party, or is she offended? No, she's she's on the same page as I am. Freedom is only for a few people, unfortunately. We just grew up and we were surrounded by them. The answer will be the ones that you raise with the same principles, Dave. You did more to save the future than any of these corrupt bastards pretending to be Democrats. Thank you very much for the call. You think this is a new argument? It isn't at all. Government has only two ways of getting money other than raising taxes. It can go into the money market and borrow, competing with its own citizens and driving up interest rates, which it has done, or it can print money, and it's done that. Both methods are inflationary. We're victims of language. The very word inflation leads us to think of it as just high prices. And then, of course, we resent the person who puts on the price tags, forgetting that he or she is also a victim of inflation. Inflation is not just high prices. It's a reduction in the value of our money. It's like he said it yesterday. Because it's a fundamental, it's a principle. And ultimately, this Marxist mafia that's in charge of our country is going to have to admit the truth. I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. There are but a few entities out there fighting the Leviathan of Corruption, which is the government. Heritage Foundation, or Heritage.org, didn't start out fighting the government. They started out espousing Americanism, rules that the government is to be based on. Nobody follows the rules anymore. This idea that we can give billions and billions and billions of dollars to pet projects and have it not amount to anything 
is why we're bankrupt, and we are bankrupt. No matter what the revenue is, it can barely pay just the interest payments, let alone the expenses. That's the definition of bankruptcy. E.J. Antoni is always putting up that fight. He's an economist, a data analyst, but more importantly, he's an American who understands the principles of America. E.J., how are you? Sean, oh my gosh, this this Federal Reserve, these regulatory agencies, I'm, I'm at my wit's end. <laughs> they're, not a, they're not subjected to the principles of fundamentals. They're not. It's, it's, like, it's, it's like bizarro world, that no matter how much money it takes in, it can't meet its obligations no matter what. And instead of admitting that and fixing it, it just continues to destroy the future of the country and the principles of it at the same time. Right, Sean, that's exactly right. And what's really amazing, what's really disappointing, is how much our fellow Americans are just going along with it and how much they go along with the schemes, whether it's inflation, which is a hidden tax, or whether it's the explicit taxation. I mean, it is just so disheartening, but we, we just, we got to keep up the fight. And, you know, um, the, the part that's disgusting is it's the same thing that this country faces every time there's a Democrat in charge of anything. I mean, I played Reagan before the break. It was like he was speaking this morning. It's, they just keep doing the same stupidity. They have the same platform. They've just expanded it. They move commas over. The corruption they hope people get used to. And the problem is, it seems like we have gotten used to the corruption. And that's why these idiots still have any support. Is it not? That, that's the only explanation for it. It's obvious they're wrong. Their platform is wrong. And it, we still keep entertaining this notion of witchcraft that is the Bidenomics or the Democrat economic platform. Well, what's really amazing, and, and you know, we've talked about this before, I think this is more an indictment of the American education system, the fact that people are willing to swallow this tripe, the fact that the Biden administration is able to sell this garbage and people will buy it. That speaks more, I think, to, to the average American's lack of any economic understanding than to the actual merits of Bidenomics, as you call it. I mean, there was a time in this country not that long ago where entire presidential campaigns were fought over questions of currency and whether or not we should have a central bank. Imagine if you had that debate today. Nine out of ten Americans would have no idea what you were talking about. And you know what's astonishing is when you play, you know, I have to scour news, right? So you scour news, and obviously it's a Chicago-based show. I scour Chicago news, and you go through the news clips, and you realize they're morons. The Democrat Party and their supporter are made up of morons, and then the charlatans that operate it, and the charlatans that are in charge. And it's almost as if the citizens, they don't even care about the stealing anymore. I mean, how could you possibly keep electing these people who get caught in one scandal after the next? Here's, here, here's just a good one. Just a, a good one. And then think about the kind of money we're talking about. Well, from the moment Fox 26 uncovered a bid rigging scheme allegedly perpetrated by three of Harris County Judge Lena Hidalgo's closest advisors, the scandal was certain to be a big issue in the midterm. With less than two weeks until Election Day, new information has emerged about the controversial contract. And Fox 26 political reporter Greg Rugen here to tell us why it all matters. Yeah, John and Rashi, what these new documents point to is a sort of governmental bait and switch, a purely political data mining operation masquerading as COVID outreach, all at taxpayer expense. Now, EJ, not to bury the lead, she was reelected. 
She, she orchestrated her closest cabinet members, misappropriated millions. And it's the same thing in Chicago with virtually every policy. And yet the, the, the useful idiots that are not in on the scheme. If you're in on the scheme, I get why you vote for Democrats. But if you're not in on it, you can be called nothing else but a useful idiot. That's the only way I can see the year 2022, the election results, and the, the foreseeable future. No, it's exactly right. And it, you know, it's an absolute, it's an absolute travesty when you see, you know, for example, the the median household income, family of four, and then you stop and you look at, okay, what does a family of four on welfare look like in terms of disposable income? And you realize they're better off than the guy who's actually working to support his family. I mean, it's just, it's a perfect example of how they have designed a system that gets people addicted to the government dole, and then people are just unwilling to let go, and they're unwilling to vote the bums out of office, even though that's what they deserve. And that can be the only angle, is that you're going to make the climate so unaffordable that you are going to tempt people who normally wouldn't be tempted. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with this with my own... Kids, my daughter doesn't have any debt. I pay for everything. She's working, and she's drowning under just the massive rise in cost that every government official from the local to the federal refuses to acknowledge or admit to because their answer is what all the Democrat answer is. Just go on the government cheese because they understand what happens to these people. They become reliant on the free, on the free money. Not that we know, we both know there isn't any, but on the on the welfare money, and then they're willing to accept the culture of corruption that is the Democrat policies and that is the politicians. That's the only thing I can come to. You have to ultimately come to a conclusion, right? And that culture of of just paying for all of these government expenditures and all of these government handouts and effectively buying votes on debt is why we're thirty one and a half trillion dollars in the hole right now. So we're up against the debt ceiling. I, it's a lame duck Congress, but that doesn't mean they can't pass anything. It's a lame duck Senate, but they're going to be stronger in the end. They can still pass it now with the easiest vice president this country's ever had, the best lunch date in Washington. What's to stop them from passing a massive omnibus bill right now, having the Senate blow it through, pun intended, all the way up to the dimwit in diapers and he signs it? They could still shove an, an omnibus down our throats, can't they? They can, and what's really scary is all of the things that they're looking to include in it. I mean, we're talking everything from uh, amnesty and even citizenship for illegal aliens all the way up to more uh, of these green energy, so-called green energy boondoggles. I mean, not only might they pass another trillion dollars of spending, but they might put their entire Democrat wish list on there as well. Ultimately, the answer I come to is that we can, the, the correct answer always fixes the problem in a hurry. So we can still fix it, but it's going to have to take the kind of support from people who know how to say the word no. Do you think this new crop of Republicans who ran on virtually nothing, I cannot think of a uniform message that these idiots ran on. Do you think that within this new Congress, we can possibly set it back or... Is Kevin McCarthy the stooge of corruption? I think he is. You know what? I honestly don't have any faith in Kevin McCarthy, but I have a faith in a few of the members who I think can rally 
others to the cause. And I'm keeping my fingers crossed that we can have another Tea Party movement. I just think that this time it's going to have to be from the ground up and not from the top down. And in there lies the the issue at hand. I, I, I realize that we're being misled with misinformation from media. I understand that they're more than just protectors of the corruption. They're, they're, they're assets of it. Is the, it I, I surround myself. Now I move to a state in an area where we obviously see it, all of us, are my, the, 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 even the strangers I, I meet on the, on the street or in restaurants or whatever the case is. I have to believe there's other places around the country that are like this. Are there, or is it just separation of society right now? What do you think is the, is the real groundswell? Do you think the average American is sick and tired of what they're living through? No, Sean, I think the average American is absolutely sick and tired of what they're living through. The problem is the average American doesn't understand what got us here. If you talk to people today, you find that they are not happy with their lives, with the way the country is headed. The problem is they don't understand what's causing it. And so when when you have the the lunatic-in-chief get up there in in a semi-dementia state, and he starts talking about how inflation is caused by corporate greed, unfortunately, there are people who listen to that and buy into it because they've never been educated on things like currency or monetary policy. And again, I, you know, I'm sorry to beat a dead horse here, but that's why it's so important that we make sure that we are educating ourselves and our fellows on these issues, because if we're not, then we're going to keep going along with these Democrat policies. And frankly, we're going to continue to allow them to lead us around by the nose. One thing that resonates with a lot of people, regardless of what they think their party affiliation is, is the waste, fraud, and abuse of foreign policy. It has now come to light that we have $20 billion missing from the money that was sent to Ukraine. There are more and more politicians being caught absconding with that money. 30% of the so-called weapons uh, are showing up at the front lines of Ukraine. We don't know where 70% of the weapons are, let alone the money. You now see that this is a proxy war. And there is deep shelling into Russia as we speak. Do you think that the American people will support more money for the oligarch war in the former Soviet Union? You know, as long as that spending is hidden by deficit spending and by financing of the Federal Reserve, yeah, I think people are going to get behind it because there's a lag between when that policy is actually implemented and when the effects are felt by the American people. And that, frankly, is the mechanism by which a lot of these Democrats are getting away with their reckless spending. I mean, if, if you got a hangover immediately when you drank too much, people simply wouldn't drink too much. But the problem is there's a huge lag there. Yeah. And the problem is now Skid Row's in Washington, and they're very well-dressed, and they're in charge of policies. And that's what we're really facing. You know, I'm looking at this race in Georgia, and I think to myself, how could anybody elect this phony preacher, $6,000 suit, land speculator, evicting tenants, running over and beating up women, the whole rest of it. And then you, you, you look at, I'm, dis, I'm, I'm disheartened by the opposition to him. I think that Herschel Walker has flubbed it. I don't know what the outcome is, but I know if we're going to run people, they have to beat the cheat. And when you see that politicians, as savvy as Carrie Lake, get elections stolen from them, and it's commonplace because so many of the Democrats have infiltrated 
these 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 states that were on the cusp of of being Democrat hubs. Do you think the future will look more like I think Georgia race will turn out, or do you think it'll look more like the Georgia governor race turned out? And what do you think the difference was? Sean, I think a lot of it comes down to the Republican establishment. And what we've seen these last few years is that the Republican establishment is far more establishment than they are Republican. And I think the only way the party survives, quite frankly, that's not an exaggeration, I think the only way the Republican Party survives, again, is if it's from the ground up and not the top down. The establishment has failed us, frankly, just as badly as the Democrat establishment has failed the country. The only difference is the Democrat Party told you they were going to stab you in the back before they did it. Seventy, yeah, 70% of registered Republicans, 70, 7 out of 10 people who call themselves Republicans want Mitch McConnell to go away. They're aware that his wife, a Chinese shipping heiress, and the funnel of money and corruption that follows Mitch McConnell. It's the same thing when it comes to Kevin McCarthy. Do you think maybe the people in the party will demand that these fixtures, fixtures of corruption and these fixtures of fecklessness will be removed from leadership? I think so, because increasingly people are realizing that people like McConnell, for example, in this last time around, he effectively sacrificed no less than three Republican senators so that he could save his pet Murkowski up in Alaska. I don't think people are going to stand for that much longer. I think they will demand change. Are you privy to, and I say this because I haven't really looked into it, have, have the money that the Republican Party, has it, has it raised more money than it did in 2020? I, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but the problem I've always had with the idea of this duopoly is that they're incentivized to fail because the good people, the honest people, who are maybe not as as astute in political information as we are, they think they're fighting when they send money to the party. Are they profiting from their failure as the Illinois Republicans did? One of the best, uh, I think one of the best ways to look at this is not even to look at the Republican side. Look at the other side. Look at somebody like George Soros. He has been incredibly successful in getting his aims accomplished. Why? Because he gave, frankly, a big middle finger to the Democrat Party and said to the DNC, you people are useless. And he established his own PACs and super PACs, and he directed his money to incredibly effective ends. And sure enough, if you look around the country, there are Soros-backed DAs everywhere, and they are implementing his policies everywhere. And I think that is the model that a lot of Republicans and Republican donors need to adopt. The establishment has failed us. Yeah. You know, uh, it also is astonishing to me how the general public cheers the idea that the beneficiaries of the corruption in FTX, Sam Bankman-Fried, how he bribed number two donor right behind George Soros, if I'm not mistaken, to the Democrat Party. Or he might have been in front of him now. I don't even know what the final numbers came in. The population, the public, they're, they're okay with these politicians like Maxine Waters, who, who reaped arguably millions of dollars from FTX. She says, along with little Dick Durbin, that they're going to give the money to organizations that they like rather than have the, the victims over 100 million People had an account at FTX rather than than them recover their own money. What's to disincentivize the next Ponzi scheme Democrats come back? 
Oh my goodness! I mean, effectively nothing, right? The the other side has has really perfected this whole scheme, whereby they take money uh, that is basically from the public purse, they divert it to nonprofit interests who exclusively or near exclusively vote and fund Democrats, and so they have they have managed to devise a scheme by which they can take tax dollars and funnel it directly into Democrat coffers. What will be your favorite part of the Warnock victory party? His uh, Brioni $7,000 suit or the fact that he is an open scoundrel who pretends to be a reverend while supporting infanticide? Which part will you like the best? Oh, my goodness. I just, the rank hypocrisy is is literally enough to churn your stomach. In, In fact, it reminds me of when Chuck Schumer, just the other day, you know, and mind you, Chuck Schumer is the guy who talks about how, you know, we need to murder babies in the womb. He turns around and says there's not enough people in this country, so we need more immigration. Maybe if we weren't murdering our children, we would have them. Yeah, it's like Joe Manchin hanging off the back of his $3 million yacht saying, tax the rich. What a fracking joke, E.J. Anthony. In the meantime, what I love are your articles. You can see them at heritage.org. Thank you so much for making yourself accessible to me. And thank you most of all for the articles that you write, and I don't get you on, because I love what you do. I love how you crank it out. E.J. Anthony, thank you very much. Sean, thanks for having me. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. I want to thank a couple of the business benefactors that have taken advantage of the Food for the Poor deal, which is really a fantastic deal for $2,500 tax-free. AM560, The Answer, gives you 40 one-minute commercials to air right here Monday through Friday. Some of the companies that took advantage of this. MV Delights, Floor Coverings International, James Layden of LPL Financial in St. Charles, Freedom Square, wonderful guys, the Wexler Group, American Metal Building Products, Just Call Richard, Marshall Pierce and Company, Fine Jewelry and Luxury Watches. i got to give them a call. Elm Lawn Cemetery, JohnCassNews.com, just to name a few. And I highly recommend you take advantage of it and you feed 65 kids for a year. And the government doesn't get your $2,500. That's like a win-win-win. Ernie, Park Forest. Yes, Sean. Yes. You mentioned the radio show. I was a communist. I was was a communist. I was an agent for the Communist Party. It starred Dana Andrews. It was on for three years, 1952, 53, 54. Oh, was it? It starred Dana Andrews. And I his name the character one, was Matt Savetic. And yes. he was an FBI agent who infiltrated the Communist Party in an effort to thin out the herd. Now the Communists infiltrated the FBI. What do we do, kid? I don't know. <laughs> 180 degrees. Was that the best show, though? Do you know, I fly a lot back and forth, right? Whenever I do, sometimes I'll watch movies, but I have an app on my phone, and it's old radio shows, and I'm going to tell you something. Me too. I love the old radio shows. Old-time radio player, and I'll tell you what, I listen to it, and then when I walk in the studio, I see Stephen A. Leahy, and he's dressed like Johnny Dollar. It's the full circle. 
In the meantime, yeah, I love Johnny, Johnny Dollar. That's my favorite show. Oh, how about Philip Marlowe? Oh, we got to get well, the start. You know what I'm going to do, Ernie? I'm going to get the start of Philip Marlowe and have Squirrel play it. That that puts a smile on everyone's face. Thanks for the call, brother. Sure. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yep. Bye. Thank you. Don in Bloomingdale. What's up, kid? Hey, Sean. Sorry about sorry about your buddy, uh, Mike Carcello. Yes, thank you very much, brother. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, I was at church yesterday. I was talking yesterday to a guy at his father owns three funeral homes, and he mentioned that they're having problem embalming some of these people that have died suddenly with no explanation. Yeah. And the ar- their arteries are full of scars or some sort of blockage. Yes. I don't know. I don't know if that, you know, I don't think that was the case. I don't know. But um, the main thing is, Don, aside from, first of all, it's an atrocity what, what the government did to its people in, in yep. the so-called vaccine. But the real atrocity, in my opinion, is the fact how they change the course of everyone's life. And all I think keep thinking about is how everybody accommodated them. And here's my guy who refuses to leave the area, a wonderful guy, shoveled his neighbor's lawn and all the rest of it. And I'm thinking, did he miss a vacation? Did he sacrifice one day of his short life? And then you realize, why should any of us for this corrupt, oligarch-run mafia? Thank you, Don. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Kevin, Austin, Texas. Oh, Sean, I heard you talking about the old-time radio. I used to love listening to Mystery Theater, CBS. <laughs> Big, fan. Big fan. You know, I, I made my kids do that, and it's funny. I have young kids. Well, in our, you know, not as young as they used to be, but they still, you know, I'll still put it on, and they're like, all right, every the car gets quiet. I love all that stuff. Go ahead. Oh, I loved it. I still listen to it uh, at night. Makes me fall asleep quickly. Yes. Hey, I like to hear about your uh, enthusiasm for the younger generation continuing to fight. And I think one of the things that could help them is if the Illinois Republican Party gets rid of Don Tracy this weekend. I think if Jeannie Eyes and some of her people uh, take over the Illinois Republican Party, it's a step in the right direction. Kevin, we win, we didn't we win, win eventually because well, we're right. We moved the ball to the right. Yeah, we win because the answer is right. Not that we're right. Yeah. The, the, the fracking undeniable well, objective action. answer is that we need to seize control of our economy, of our policies from a corrupt oligarch government in America. Yeah. In America. These are action. oligarchs. You know, you see you Nancy Pelosi and her husband you, this weekend. How many and times were you right on the market? But if you didn't take a trade, oh, great, you're right. But if you didn't take any action, you don't win. So I yeah. think the younger generation is going to start taking action. I agree with Get you, and involved. I think they are. And, and, and you always have to be answer. optimistic, because when you think about what we are, how we became the youngest and the richest, it wasn't because everybody agreed. It's because a no. small third refused to be intimidated, and that's the real thing we need to do. So thank you very much. Yeah. I appreciate Absolutely. it. And on that note, I want to I want to kind of focus on the other aspect of what's going on. The terrorism that's being perpetrated by Democrats. I'm sorry, but that's who did this. There's nobody that benefited from this other than the, the, the government supremacist, the eco-Nazi. Tens of thousands of people in North Carolina are preparing to be without electricity for days after gunfire damaged two electrical substations. The evidence at the scene indicated that the uh, showed that the firearm had been used. 
to disable the equipment. An estimated 45,000 customers lost power Saturday night when authorities say someone opened fire on the substations in Moore County. Damaged- now, we come from the World Economic Forum where eco-Nazis were destroying works of art to get their agenda and their fraud agenda of climate activism, climate change. This is something we need to focus on. These people, are they don't care about the 45,000 people that went without power. It's about their mission, their object to control the economy through their fraud. That's what's at stake here, and that's why we cannot rest. Robert Oak Park. Yep, uh, no, I'm, I'm sorry to hear the sorry to hear the, of the passing of, of your friend. Oh, and every, you, every every time, every time we lose someone from Marwas, we lose a piece of our own self. But yeah, you do. All, all, all stated. I'm here in this Moore County substation. Where is the security there, Sean? Well, I got news for you. There, there, you that's a good question. But nonetheless, it doesn't take. Uh, uh, a lot of a lot of terrorists to create massive damage, and what we have are Americans that are attacking our infrastructure. All this right. stuff we have to worry about foreigners. We don't have to worry about foreigners. Right, right. We have in, to worry charge, about. You know, I'm, I'm a member. I'm an officer, Homeland Security, by the way. Oh well, Robert. The funny thing is, I can't. It's the it's the Bureau of Land Management, not uh, the land speculators called BLM. The Bureau of Land Man- Management right now under the Biden administration is led by a former eco terrorist. She admitted to spiking trees so that lumber companies couldn't cut down trees. She admitted to writing the letters for the terrorists. Yeah, and so people can and get hurt and injured seriously trying to do their darn job. Exactly. And now her penalty is she's the head of the Bureau of Land Management because we don't have a Democrat party. We have a Democrat mafia. Thank you very much. Appreciate the call. Patrick and Schomburg. Hey, Sean, listen. I heard you're listening to uh, old radio. The Lone Ranger and Sergeant Preston of the Yukon yeah. were written by the same guy, and he used perfect grammar. If you listen to that program and you were a kid, yes. you learned how to speak, and that's what's missing today. Yeah, and I am have not an entire old. city that can't say the word ask. It would be an indicator. <laughs> but however, don't mention the Lone Ranger out loud, because right now he's being left alone. Unlike so many of the Marvel heroes, they're not being turned into transgenders or all kinds of different freakish sexual proclivities. So please leave him alone, because after all, he was the only one in a jumpsuit. They had a head start with him. Thank you very much, Patrick. By the way, in case you're wondering, we, we, have, uh, we have some new movement in that area. For almost 40 years now, I have considered it an honor to be a doctor. I believe in our role as healers. I believe in our role as truth tellers. Truth tellers? That's a 65-year-old man with a pot belly, dressed like a woman, pretending to be a doctor. Huh, don't let him near the Lone, the lone Ranger. 312-642-5600. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. You never listen to any of that, huh, Squirrel? Crime is a sucker game. So, Marlo, no? Right, we gotta work. Gotta give you a little culture. Daniel, Salem, Wisconsin. Hey, Sean, I just want to tell you, you give every... Yeah, I mean, 
Yeah. You broke up on hey, me. I don't know if I gave everybody a good thing or a bad thing. What'd you say? No, it's a good thing. You give everybody a shot in the arm. You know, oh, thank, you. thank you. Hey, listen. Do you do you think that that Grinda got shot? You think that's part of the terrorism that finds non-local aliens? God, the phone broke up. It's breaking up terrible, Daniel. All I heard is, do I think it's... Yeah, I think... Listen, I think that's an organized wing of the Democrat mafia. As I thought Antifa was, as I know BLM is, this is the game. And the idea that we're going to... 45,000 people had their electric shut off as just a, a hand... What, two perpetrators shot into the grid? What's to stop them from doing that everywhere they want their agenda? Because what they want, Daniel, isn't green energy. There isn't any. What they want is a government takeover, a backdoor nationalization of all energy. And they're fully operational, just as they are in Ukraine. It isn't only the Azovs that's firing missiles into Russia. That's us, too. But in the meantime, notice who they want to make friends with. Are nuclear negotiations with Iran still ongoing? First, let's remember how we got here. Um, we had a nuclear agreement with Iran reached by the Obama administration. It put Iran's nuclear program in a box. Uh, unfortunately, getting out of that agreement, uh, which was the decision of our predecessor administration, has allowed Iran to push its program out of the box. We've gone from having a breakout time, that is the amount of time it would take to produce enough fissile material for a nuclear weapon, under the agreement was more than one year. Now it's down to a matter of weeks. That's the situation that we find ourselves in. We continue to believe that ultimately diplomacy is the most effective way to deal with this, but that's not diplomacy the is, is the most effective way to deal with this. You dead-eyed rat bastard! Wrong. Any country that treats their women as this. This morning, there's word out of Iran where the dress code for women could be changing, bowing to months of pressure. Dress code could be changing because if you don't walk around with your head ding dingy on, they murder you. Right now, what do you think is happening there? Same thing that happens in China. And they bribed the sitting president. You don't think Iran has bribed the Democrat mafia or the inbred Saudis or guitar, Qatar, whatever? Any country that has this philosophy, we shouldn't do one dollar of business with. Simple. But instead, they know who to buy. Everybody knows who to buy. Buy yourself a Biden. They're more expensive than they used to be, but they're the same whores. The first chart here shows a bank record showing a $1 million wire transfer into the account of Hudson West 3 from CEFC Limited on November 2nd, 2017. Right, I don't want to end with this. Let's end with a good guy. Let's end with a good guy. We got a joke. Realtor who was out driving on a back road on his way to look at some property and suddenly noticed down beside him was a chicken keeping pace with him and he was doing 60 miles an hour. And suddenly the chicken spurted out ahead of him and it looked to him as if the chicken had three legs. And then it turned and went down a sign road and into a barnyard and the driver turned down that lane, drove into the barnyard, there was a farmer there and he asked him, he said, did you see a chicken go by here? The farmer said, yep. He says, did it have three legs? And the farmer says, yep, I raise them that way. I breed them. He says, you do? He said, how come? Well, he said, I just love the drumstick, and Ma always liked the drumstick, and now Junior's come along, and he likes it, and we just got tired of fighting over it, so I've been breeding three-legged chickens. And the driver said, well, how do they taste? He says, I don't know. I haven't been able to catch one yet. Rest in peace, Michael Carcello. You were loved, and you will be missed, and we're all better off for knowing you. I'll be back in 21 hours. Don't just have a great night. Have an American night. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.